0: Stand with me, if you would, this morning and turn to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Third book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to go to chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to begin reading with verse 39. And Jesus came out and went, as was his habit, as he was walked to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if, it be, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Thank you, holy God, for this opportunity to preach your word, Father. Lord, may my thoughts be your thoughts and my actions your actions, God, and may everything be done to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. For, Lord God, I give you praise, O God, for your only begotten Son, and I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to preach your word, God. Help me to preach it with power and with authority, God, and not with my own knowledge, God, but with that knowledge that only comes from you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. When I was 18 years old, I felt the call on my heart. I knew God was calling me into ministry. I didn't have a great epiphany, there wasn't a dream, I didn't suddenly wake up one morning and hear a voice, it, it was none of that, I just knew in my heart that God wanted me to preach his word, nothing greater than that, didn't have any kind of moment, you know, when I went to get my license, and they asked me about my call of ministry, they asked me how I knew I was called, and they wanted me to tell them what, what happened, I said, well, I don't, I don't know that, I don't remember having a call, I don't I don't remember a moment where I had a dream or saw a vision or or heard a voice or none of that. He said, well, then why are you here? Why are you here? I said, I'm here because there's something in my heart that makes me want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, does other people say they see a call of God in your life? And I said, all the time. He said, that's good enough for me. So what I want to tell you was at 18 years old, I felt that call. It wasn't an epiphany, it wasn't a moment, it wasn't a vision, wasn't a dream, wasn't any of that. It was just something deep inside of me that said, I want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to see people saved. I want to pastor a church. I want to do whatever God calls me to do. And this morning, the Lord is calling you. This morning, the Lord is asking you if your heart is open to do whatever it is that he calls you to do. Because I'm telling you this morning that God is calling. Hallelujah. The time is short. The day is far spent and the end is at hand. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his field. You are the laborers. Think God saved you just to put you on that pew? Think God saved you just so you wouldn't go to hell? God saved you because He has a purpose and a plan for your heart. He has a plan for your life. He has something to do that only you can do. No one else can do what God has called you to do. I said no one else can do what God has called you to do because he he divinely ordained you for such a time and such a season to accomplish a work, to touch a people, to do a ministry that only you can do. And if you won't do it, If not you, then who? If not now, then when? If not here, then where? Because when God calls you to do something, he calls you with a divine call of something that only you can do. Some people came to Jesus and one of them said, I'll follow you wherever you go. He said, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have where to lay his head. It didn't mean Jesus was poor. He had a house in Capernaum. He took care of his mother up there. He had a house. He had a place. He, he had a, 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 a moment there, a, a, a point of ministry that he worked from. It's not that he didn't have nothing. It's that he was so willing to be used of the Holy Spirit that he didn't know where he was going to be tonight. He didn't know where he was going to be in the morning. One morning he got up in John chapter four and the Bible tells me that he was praying and as he was praying, he must, needs, go to Samaria. He hadn't planned to go to Samaria. It wasn't in his plans for the day. His disciples made that very evident whenever they say we're going where? That wasn't in the plan, that wasn't in the works, but when Jesus got up that morning, he was so willing to be moved upon by the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit said, go to Samaria, he didn't know why he was going. He didn't know who was there. He didn't know what was gonna happen when he got there. All he knew is God said, go. I was having lunch one day in my office whenever I worked in Beaumont for CV9 Engineering. It was a hot day probably about as hot as it's been being now. And as the day went on, I kept feeling the Holy Spirit said, go sit in the Target parking lot. Go sit in the Target parking lot. Go sit in the Target parking lot over and over and over, sitting in meetings, writing on a pad. Go sit in the Target parking lot because that's all I was hearing. So whenever my lunchtime came, I, I bypassed my normal moment that I do of reading the Bible and I went out there and I got in my truck and I drove to Target parking lot. And I sat there from 12.15 to 12.50. At one time I thought, well, maybe I need to get out and sit on the tailgate. By the way, that was a bad move. I got out there. I had sweat dripping down my back. My socks were getting wet. I was looking at people when they were coming out saying, God, is it this one? 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 Freaked one guy out. He thought I was going to rob him, I think. I I I was a fixture in a weird place. And I'm sitting there on my tailgate in 100 degree weather with sweat dripping all over me trying to figure out what God's will was. And at 10 minutes to one, he said, get in your truck, go back to work. I started weeping. I said, God, did I miss you? I'm bound to have missed you. Surely you didn't send me over here just to sit on a tailgate and sweat. And he did not. He sent me over there to tell me I need to learn to be obedient and not question everything but simply do what I'm told because the foxes have holes and the birds have nests but the Son of Man has not to lay his head. Another one said, let me go and bury my parents, and then I'll, I'll come and follow you. Well, if you study that a little bit, you'll find that his dad was sick, but he was nowhere near dead, and he's simply saying, I'll start doing what you called me to do as soon as my situation changes. And some of you in here this morning are thinking, I'll do what God tells me to do, but I'm going to wait till my situation changes. I'm going to wait until my kids get out of school. I'm going to wait until I graduate from college. I'm going to wait until after I've got a career. I'm going to wait until I retire. And I'm telling you this morning that God is calling you to go where he called you to go. And he doesn't want you sitting around waiting on some situation to where your timing is better. He knows his timing. He knows what's right. He knows when it's the right time to go. He understands those things. At 18, God called me into the ministry. I didn't leave to go into the ministry for the next 22 years. I worked at the local church. I I did the youth. I preached when they let me. I cleaned the church. I I, I put up tables and chairs, and I took them down again. Every week seemed like putting up tables and chairs, taking them down, putting them up, taking them down, putting them up, And, and we didn't have those plastic ones like you got today. No, no, no. These were them particle board babies. They weighed about 80 pounds. You had to get somebody, well, I did. I had to get somebody to help me because those things were heavy. But we did what God called us to do. Kathy taught Missionette. She taught, she taught, she tried to get me to help her in children's church, and I realized that I'm not a children's church worker. (laughs) Bad move. Not my calling. I don't need to be doing that. 22 years we worked. 22 years we worked. We had friends that we made for those 22 years and longer. We went on vacations together. We went on trips together. Our lives were so intertwined that our kids thought they were cousins for a long time. They, were, they came to the realization one day that we weren't family. They thought we were family. We, don't, we went snow skiing together. We went to Hawaii together. We went on cruises together. We went to Florida together. We went everywhere together. We had close ties in that church. I had close positions in that church. I was a pastor's friend. I was, I was a friend with Brother, brother Woods. I, was, I, was, I would do anything he asked me to do. One, one Saturday before Easter Sunday, he called me about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, all the toilets up here are plugged up. I need you to come up here, find this sewer line, and clean this toilet, clear that sewer line out so we can have church tomorrow. I hate working on sewer lines. I tried to get him to get somebody else. I said, Brother Woods, I don't know if I can get up there this afternoon. He said, Oh yeah, you can. Oh yeah, you can. I know you can. You just live right around the corner here. Just come up here and get this. I'm, I'm preparing for Sunday morning. I need you to come clean this out. So I went up there and cleaned out the sewer line. But there came a day, there came a day when the Lord said, You've walked around this mountain long enough. It's time to leave what you're comfortable with and go into a land that you know not of. My wife only wanted to be the WM leader at First Assembly of God. That's all she wanted to do. And God elevated her to that position. And she had a women's ministry group of about 25 ladies. And she met with them every Tuesday and it was the love of her life. She loved that women's ministry group. That's all she ever wanted to do was that. She was in her element. She was in her place. They called her and asked her to be the women's ministry director for the Nature's Valley section. She called a meeting and all the churches showed up. She was where she was supposed to be. She was perfect at what she was doing, but God had called us to begin to preach in different churches and we left First Assembly. And we went to Lumber, uh, New, New Covenant first, and then we left New Covenant after about 10 months, and we went down to Lumberton Faith, and we were there for about six months filling in while they were getting a pastor, and then we left there, and we went to, to Port Nature's Groves, and we were there for about four months, and then we left from there, and we went to First Assembly Port Arthur, and we were there for 10 months, tried to take that church every Sunday, tried to take it every week, and God continually said no. No. And all this time, Kathy was able to support her women's ministry. She was able to continue to do it. It didn't hamper that. But there came a day when God said, I want you to go to Houston. Houston. Now we're talking a different game. We're in a whole new call now. It's the closest I'm ever going to be to a missionary. Because when I got over to that side of Houston, I found out I didn't know the culture and I didn't speak the language. I went to the taco truck and ordered a taco, and she smiled at me. I said, those tacos? Uh, I didn't speak the language, but God called us, and we had to make a decision to let our dreams die, to let our acquaintances. It was hard to walk away and not be involved with friends when you see they're doing stuff And they're a part of things that we've always been a part of. And all of a sudden, we can't go anymore. Why? Because we're in Houston, taking care of a church of 18 people. We're over there week after week, pouring our heart, mind, and soul. And when we went over there, we did everything. We cut the grass, we cleaned the windows, we scrubbed the toilets, we, we prepared all the Sunday school literature. We, we did the praise and the worship. Back in those days I wrote out the songs on a transparency, set an overhead projector in the front, and we changed the songs as, we, as with the overhead projector. Kathy played the piano. We did, the only thing I didn't do was take the offering. Everything else was done by Kathy and I. We did it all. We got over there on a Saturday. We had to wait for the Seventh-day Adventist to leave our sanctuary. Then once they left, then we went in there and started <laughs> praying at the Lord. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't want to be ugly here, but anyway praying and asking the Lord to, to move by his spirit the next day, cleaning the church, running a vacuum, doing whatever it was we needed to do. We were over there for 18 months. God blessed us. He, he grew the church to about 35 people. We were having good services. Everything was going well. We had a hallelujah runaway, glory to God, where there wasn't any preaching. That's when you know you're having good church. So since I'm up here, you're not having good church. We had one service where the Spirit of the Lord came in that place. God, I saw God heal. I saw God deliver. I saw God set free. I saw God grow the church. I saw beautiful things in 18 months. And I was looking over there to try to find me a place where I'd lay my head when I died. I thought I'd go over to Rest Haven which wasn't too far from the church or Earth Man and I said, I'm just going to go buy me a plot over there because I know good and well this is where God's got me. I know this is where I'm going to stay. We've cut all our ties in Silsby. We've cut the women's ministry off. We've cut, we've, we've cut ties with friends. We've given it all up because we know that God wants us to be in Houston and after 18 months, God said time to quit. Time to quit? Lord, we're just... We're just getting rolling here. We're just now getting this thing going. God gave us $10,000 at a church that had nothing to put up a sign. We had a $3,000 a month uh, building note with 18 people and six of them belonged to one family. So if they were gone, (laughs) it was really slim pickings. But God enabled us to pay that family life center off. We put up a $10,000 sign. We got the the telephones moved out of the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Because there's nothing that will disrupt a service more than telephones ringing in the foyer when you're trying to have church. We got them moved out. We We got so many things done. And I thought, okay, we got this place right where we want it. Now it's time to take off. And the Lord said, time to go. Time to go. Wept and cried. Didn't think I would. Wept and cried. Felt like I'd failed God. Why did you Why did you only leave me here 18 months, Lord? Why did you cause us to break all of our friendships? Why did you send us over here for this, for this hard season if we weren't going to stay? Why did you send us over here? And I'll tell you why he sent us over there. He sent us over there so that we could preach to a people who were despondent and needed somebody to come and tell them Jesus loved them and Jesus still loves that church and He still got plans for that church that they're not a dying ember, they're a growing seed. Get on board. Quit telling me about how it was, and begin to tell me how it is. Glory to God. But we gave it up. Came back here. Brother Wayne called, said he was resigning, wanted to know if I'd do interim at the church for a little while. I told him I would. And then one day in prayer, the Lord said, "That's where I want you, his friend." 2007, we let you vote on us. Thank thank the Lord you voted us in because I feel like I'm in the best church I've ever been in in my life. This is the church I always wanted to go to. I always wanted to be with people that love the Lord like you love the Lord. I always wanted to be with people who allow the Holy Spirit to move like you allow the Holy Spirit to move. I always wanted to be with people who whenever they prayed, I expected things to happen because they prayed in expectation of a miracle. I've always wanted to be in the church I'm in right now, but I'm telling you, it took it took about 50 years. It took about 50 years of moving where God told me to go, of letting my own will and my own vision and my own purpose and my own thoughts die. I had to let those things die. I had to let friendships die. I had to let my love of first assembly of God die. I had to let things die so that the new vision can live. And this morning, I'm telling you this morning that Jesus Christ said, if there'd be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But his last words were, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So let me ask you this morning, you can tell me how much you wanna live for Jesus. You can tell me how much you wanna live for Jesus. And I agree with you and I believe you. You can tell me how he's the Lord of your life. You can tell me how you, how you walk with him and talk with him. And you can tell me how much you wanna live for Jesus. But my question this morning is, not how much do you wanna live for him, but how much are you willing to die for him? Arlington National Cemetery is full of men and women who have chose to die for their country. In Vietnam, we had guys that decided this country wasn't worth dying for and they burned their draft cards and they went to Canada to get away from the possibility of dying for their country. Meanwhile, we sent hundreds of thousands of men over there who were willing not only to leave home, but they were willing to die for what they believed in. And I'm asking you this morning, I know you tell me I want to live for the Lord, and I'm all all in on that. I do too. But I'm not asking this morning about you living for the Lord. I'm asking you this morning, are you willing to die for the Lord? Are you willing to walk away from sports? Are you willing to walk away from extracurricular activities? Are you willing to walk away from being popular in school? Because we've got some of the most popular kids in school in this room right now. Are you willing to, 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 to take a little ridicule and start a Bible study and start something at school that's going to change lives? Parents, are you willing to quit the good job that you've got and go off and let the Lord use you somewhere else? Are you, are you willing, what, not are you willing to live for the Lord, I know you are, but are you willing to die for him? Are you willing to die to your own pleasures? Are you willing to die for your own friends? Are you willing to die for everything that you hold dear in order to follow the call that God has placed on your life? See, we walked away from everything. And eventually I walked away from a very lucrative job. I thought I had arrived. I was making a lot of money. And the Lord was blessing me and my grandkids, they they thought it was Christmas every week. When when Amazon showed up on their doorstep, they said, look, Nan and papa's done sent us another load of of Christmas gifts. (laughs) But there came a day when God said, cut that off and go full time at the church. Lord, how much should I ask for to be paid? Tell them $500 plus 10% of the tithe, not a penny more. Didn't even know how much that was. I told the board, God said, give me $500 and 10% of the tithe, and we'd be good. They said, that's fine with us. Nobody, we had no idea how much that was. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't go figure it. I didn't go look at it. I didn't send out spies to say, can I live on this? I didn't send out any of that. Why? Because I let that part of me die. I choose to say, I have faith in God. And if I've heard from God, then it's going to be all right. And I'm not going to go out there and search it out. I'm not going to send out spies. I'm not going to get on the internet. I'm not going to pull past transactions and figure out how much that is. I'm just going to go with what God has said. Amen. And my first check that I got at this church I paid more taxes the week before than I brought home. (laughs) But I want to tell you, for the next five years, God was faithful. I never missed a meal. I bought a car through all that. I didn't think I'd be able to buy a car. My old Tahoe was getting pretty old, over 300,000 miles, and I said, man, I I need to do something here. And the Lord said, go buy a car. I said, I can't afford one. He said, then quit asking me. If you're not going to do what I tell you, then quit asking. I went down there and I, Bought a car. We made all the notes on it. One time I was almost $2,000 in the hole. Almost $2,000 in the hole. Told the Lord, if you don't do something this week, God, I'm going to have to get in my savings because I can't continue to operate in the red like this. And that Sunday we came to church and when we got home, somebody had slipped an envelope in Kathy's purse that had 20 dollars bills in it. <laughs> I got to go see Kenan. Somebody gave me $2,400 so I could go see Kenan. I did everything I wanted to do in those lean years. I didn't miss a meal. I didn't miss an event. I didn't miss a car payment. I didn't miss anything that God gave me to do. Why? Because my God is faithful. My God is true. My God is just. And all he asked me to do is to do what he's asked me to do and be faithful to him. And if I will, then I'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The question today is are you willing to die are you willing to die when I look at this church I see that several years ago when we first came here we had several people in this church that felt like they had a call of ministry on their heart so we started a Berean class just to try to help them get their license with the Assemblies of God the first one we first couple we had was Bo and Lisa Lamy and Lisa Lamy didn't stay long, and the Lord called her down to New Covenant. She left to go down to New Covenant. Recently, Martha left that we helped get licensed to go down to First Assembly. But listen, church, a strong church is not one that has a big crowd. Because if you're always taken in and you're never given out, then you're a dead sea. I said, if you're always taken in and you're never given out, you're a dead sea. I said, if you're always taken in and you're never given out, you're a dead sea. If you're a church or if you're a person, if you're already, always receiving from God and you're never praying for anybody and you're never given out, you're a dead sea. And the fish inside of you are going to die and soon you'll stink. You're a dead sea because God called us to be active about the work of the Lord. And to be active, we not only have to receive freely, you have received freely give freely give at the beginning of this year we heard several messages in tongues about this was a year when things were going to begin to happen and people were going to begin to move and there was going to begin to be things going on we took a missions trip this year we've taken a couple other missions trips but I'm telling you if God is moving on your heart and asking you to make a sacrifice Jesus the Son of God In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life life was the light of men, and the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been together for always. Jesus is God, but he took the place of the Son of God because he wanted to come down and redeem mankind, and the Bible tells me that he decided to take that position before the foundation of the world, and so Jesus chose to not to not be the part of the eternal Godhead, but instead to take a position of a son of God. That's not exactly true, because he is still part of the eternal Godhead. But he chose to step down in position, and because he chose to step down in position, Philippians tell me that he humbled himself even into the even unto the cross, that, that he he who knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteous of God through Christ Jesus. He walked away from the splendors of heaven. He walked away from everything that he knew in order to come to earth to redeem my soul. And because he took that position and came to earth and walked the earth as a man and died as a man and was resurrected on the third day, therefore God hath highly exalted him that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The the Father, but he had to give up his position in order to obtain that glory. And some of you today, God is moving on your heart. God is moving on your heart to maybe let some things go that you dearly love. Let some things go that you dearly enjoy. They're not bad things. They're not things that are going to send you to hell. They're just, they're just things that you enjoy. God may be asking, oh, I better be careful. I'm, let me make sure I know where the door is at, okay. God may be asking you to give up your place on a hunting lease. God, I, and I'm not saying he is, I'm just saying he might be. Don't look at me like that, you're making me nervous. God may be asking you to give up something that you're doing. He may be asking you to change jobs because he's got something else for you somewhere else and it may have a cut in pay. And it may not be as good as ours, and it may be harder. Ava struggled and worked at a job here for many years now, working nights, straight nights, working all kind of hours, working all kind of stuff, driving back and forth to Beaumont, working from home, not sleeping long enough, just sleeping long enough to get a nap, coming to church, doing everything she could for years. How many years have you been doing that? Two Two and a half years. Working and working and working, saying, Lord God, this is too hard. you got to give me something else. I'm going to try to find another job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Didn't do any of it. Stayed where God put her. Plant stayed. She was planted where God, she grew where God planted her. Grew where God planted her. And recently, God took her and elevated her to a daytime job now. Hallelujah. I know she's working too now, but it's not very much longer. We're going to be working one job, one job in the daytime. Hallelujah. You'll never become a corporal till you prove you can do a private. You'll never become a sergeant till you prove you can be a corporal. You'll never become a lieutenant till you can prove you can be a sergeant. Did I get that all right, Jenna? Mostly. Okay, good enough. You won't get there. Because in order for you to move forward in God, something has to die. God Jesus, the son of God, his will had to die. He said, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to be nailed to a cross. He knew he was going to be rejected. He knew there was going to come a moment when he took upon himself all the sins of the world and his father was going to turn his back on his son so that Jesus could suffer the death of every man that dies without Christ. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew those moments were coming. But yet he said, not my will, but thine be done. And I'm telling you this morning, over the next months, you're going to find some places. I'm not saying everybody's going to leave. I'm not saying everybody's going to go on the mission field. I'm not saying everybody's going to be called into the ministry. I'm not saying everybody's going to do anything. All I'm saying is this, in the next few months, you're going to find yourself in some positions where you say, God, this is not profitable for me anymore. This is not profitable for me anymore. You're calling me to something different and you're going to have to let go. The Bible says that a man went out in a field and he found a field of a, a pearl of great price. Matthew 13. Found a pearl of great price. And when he came back, he, saw, he sold all that he had and he purchased that field so that he could have that pearl of great price. And I want to tell you this morning that the pearl of great price in my opinion, is doing the will of God. Being a part of what God's doing. Because I have found, as I have pursued God these 15 years here, at Oak, or 16, Kathy would always correct me, I don't know how many have been here, 15, 16, something like that. I have found that as I follow God, it's gotten sweeter as the days go by. He makes every day profitable. He moves in my heart, he moves in my mind, he carries my sicknesses, he takes care of my finances, he takes care of my kids. He takes care of everything I place into his hands because he's a good God. But sometimes he requires me to give something up. Sometimes he requires me to give something up. Stand with me this morning, I think I'm quit. It's easy to live for God. Much more difficult to die for God. Much more difficult to die to your own will to die to your own pleasures. And I'm not talking about bad things. I'm not talking about sinful things. I'm not talking about things that are going to send you to hell. I'm talking about good things. I didn't think I'd ever do anything but lead youth. I love leading youth. That's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't, I had no desire for anything else. But one day God said, you're done with this. It, it was an ugly day. I didn't do it well. I didn't do it well. Because I kept trying to hold on to it even after God said we're done, and it just caused a bunch of trouble with me and Kathy and a certain pastor. So what I'm telling you is when God says it's time to make a move, then you have to be willing to die. You have to be willing to die to what you want in order to let that seed begin to grow into what God wants. Do you, do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? Are you with me? Veronica, can I get you to come play for me, please? Heavenly Father, I've delivered my heart this morning, God. (coughs) I have spoken, Lord God, under your anointing, God. If I was ever in your will, Lord God, I know I'm in your will today. Now, I pray, Almighty God, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would move on hearts and minds and souls, O God. I pray, Father God, that you would help us, O God, to release the weights that do so easily beset us that we may run the race with patience looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, as you said in Hebrews 12. Hallelujah. i I got a very simple altar call. I'm not going to prolong this, but this morning and, and, and if nobody comes down, that's fine. There's no pressure on me. I've delivered my heart. But if you feel the Lord this morning telling you, dealing with your heart right now, Saying you need a new boyfriend, you need a new girlfriend, not a new wife. You get to keep that. <laughs> you picked it, put a ring on it. It's yours. New boyfriend, a new girlfriend, a new career, a new direction. Need to move to a new place. I heard, and, and I don't know if I should, I guess I can go ahead and tell this, I guess. Kathy was on the prayer line the this morning and I was eavesdropping. And I found out that Lady Rhonda is wanting to take our very own Misty to a place where she's preaching. And I told Kathy, I said, she didn't ask my permission. (laughs) And Kathy said, We know she has your permission. I said, I would never hold Misty back. Whatever God has ordained for her, now she's not leaving. Don't take me wrong. She's not leaving but she may be going out and starting to do some preaching at other areas besides Oak Grove. Maybe. Shake your head or something, Misty. Sitting <laughs> there staring at me. You're making me nervous. Am I wrong here? No, I'm not wrong? Okay. <laughs> Maybe God is calling you this morning and you know there's something I've got to let go of. It's something that I love. It's something that's dear to my heart. I can tell you as somebody who watched his kids walk through a metal detector and get on a plane to fly eight time zones away for four years. I can tell you that as I watched that, I cried, I wept, but I can also tell you that I didn't weep long because the peace of God that passes all understanding flooded my heart and soul. And I don't live in despair of having a child that's eight time zones away. I live in victory of watching what God is doing through my son. And I'm going to tell you that one day the church that he pastors is going to be the talk of Europe. You're going to hear that God has done a great thing in Europe. And it's because of the sacrifice that my son is making. And it's because of the sacrifice that I'm making. But that sacrifice is not too great. Because when I get to the other side, I'm going to see souls saved, lives touched. Oh, it will be worth it all when I see Jesus. It will be worth every moment of it. So, all I'm saying this morning is as Veronica plays if God's dealing with your heart and you know it's time to make a change, I'm not going to ask you what it is, but if you know it is, then make your way down here as a symbol to say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. Hallelujah. I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Anybody else this morning? I know it's time to make a change. I'm, 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 I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to walk away from some things that I love. In order to receive the things that God has ordained for me, to so wait just a few minutes, a few minutes longer. Thank you. I gotta walk away from it. I'm telling you, it's not easy. I'm not gonna tell you it's easy. Jesus sweated such great drops of blood. There, there had to be angels come down and minister to him. It, it's not something that's easy. I'm not asking you to do something that's simple that you just say, Oh, well, okay, Sarah, Sarah, you do not do that. This is big. This is big. This is big. Anybody else this morning? I know I'm going to have to give up some stuff to get where God wants me to be. If I could, could I get some of you to come down and pray with these this morning? Just lay your hand on them. You don't don't need to talk to them. Just lay your hand on them. Pray with them, girls with girls, and guys with guys, if you would, unless you're married to them. But just begin to pray that God would begin to... See, God's moving on one or two of your hearts right now, and he's telling you to come down here. But you're coming up with excuses, saying, "Well, God, I, am not a prayer. I'm, I'm not. Why would they want me down there? I'm not. I'm not that spiritual. I'm. But it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with what God's calling you to do. And this morning, God is calling a couple of you with something so simple as leave your seat and come down here and pray. And you're pushing back against that. You're pushing back against it right now. I feel it. In, I know you are. I feel it in my spirit right now. I know you are. You come up with a hundred excuses of why you can't do it." One of which is just plain laziness. One of which is just plain laziness. But I'm telling you, if you can't follow God in the small things, then you can't expect him to work with you in the big things. Anybody else want to come down here and pray with somebody this morning? I need one more lady. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Hallelujah. If you're down here, lift your hands and just begin to tell God why you came down begin to tell you. you begin to talk to him. Open your mouth. Let God hear your heart and let God know what you're doing down here. Hallelujah. You got to talk to him. Open your mouth. You got to talk to him. I know he can read your mind, but he wants wants your ears to hear what you're saying. So you say it out loud. Let the Lord speak through you right now. Hallelujah. God, in Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, God. (laughs) Hallelujah. God, I know she loves you. She loves you, God. I know she desires you with all of her heart, Lord God. I know, Lord God, her way may not have been the easy way, God. But, Lord God, I know she never let go of you either, Father. And I pray right now, God, that you would give her courage, Lord God, to make the steps that she needs to make, oh God, in order to fulfill the call that you've laid upon her heart, oh God. Give her courage, oh God. Give her the power of the Holy Spirit, for you have called her and set her apart, Almighty God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray, let that Holy Spirit, hallelujah, let that Holy Spirit begin to rise. Let that worship begin to rise. Let that power begin to rise. Let that authority begin to rise, God. Give her courage, oh God, to do what you called her to do, God. Give him courage, oh God, to do what you called him to do, God. To walk away, Lord God, from things, oh God. <laughs> to Serving you, God, and there's a cost to serving you, God, and I pray this morning, Lord, help us to walk away, oh God, help us to walk away, God, to be involved with the things that you've called us to, oh God, help us walk away. <laughs> Us to die that you might live. Help us to die that you might live, God. Help us to die, oh God, that you might live, oh God. I pray. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give strength, oh God, give encouragement, God, give anointing, oh God, give power, oh God, give passion, oh God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. God, let faith arise, God. Let faith arise, God. Let faith arise, God. Let faith arise, God. God, help us to lay it all at your feet, oh God. Oh God, give us power. Give us strength, oh God, to make the move. Oh God, you're calling us to do. Oh God, give us power, God. Give us strength, O oh God, to make the move that you're calling on us to do, O oh God. Lord God, to let go of some things, oh God, that need to be let go of, God. Oh God, to speak some things that need to be spoken, God. To say some things, oh God, that need to be said, O oh God. My God, give us strength, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, to step into the calling and the anointing of the power of the Almighty, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, my God, you're an awesome God. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Receive it, brother. Just receive it. Just receive it, hallelujah. God, I receive your call, God. I receive your call, Lord God. I receive it, God. Oh, I may not be adequate, God. I may not have the right education. I may not have the right pedigree, but Lord God, I've got you, and that's all I need, Father. Lord God, I've got your son, Jesus Christ, living in my heart, God. That's all I need, Father God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need thee, Lord, I need thee, Lord. I need Thee, Lord, I need Thee, Lord, I need Thee, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, amen, amen. Anoint these hands, God. Anoint these hands, God. God, build faith in this woman of God. Build faith in this woman of God. Lord God, that her hands, oh God, would do the works that her heart desires to do, God that her hands will do the work that her heart desires to do, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Help her to die to everything that's in the way of that dream, God. Help her to die to everything that's in the way of that dream, God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're visiting with us this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've accepted Christ and His blood has washed away your sins. Then we invite you to take communion with us this morning. It's not a closed communion. You don't have to be a member of this church. If you know Jesus, we want you to receive with us this morning. So.
1: Good morning. Yesterday, when Brother Scott texted me and asked me to do this, he said it's kind of late. You can say no. Well, I don't ever say no. <laughs> when the, when Brother Scott asks, I, I respond, late or not. But I think it was right on time. So when he asked me, <clears throat> and I said yes. I felt something different. I felt like I had something to say. And so bear with me as I get it from my mind and this piece of paper to you. Um, sometimes it doesn't always work right. I think something, you know what I'm talking about, but I think I can get it out. So in 1 Corinthians 11:24. Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When I remember what I've read, what I've heard, about what happened to Jesus, his brutal, the brutal attacks on him, The things that he endured so much that he was almost unrecognizable sometimes we glaze over that to the pain and the suffering he took for us for each and every one of us the crown of thorns that they shoved into his head the beatings The stripes, the the cat of nine tails that they used, that has barbs of wire and glass and all kinds of painful things that when you're hit with it, you feel it. Ripping the flesh from his body, ripping it from his body. He suffered all that for our sins. He only had to shed his blood for us to be saved he only had to die but the beatings were for something else the beatings were for our healing the stripes were for our healing he says take eat take eat well I got to thinking about that and we do this approximately once a month but I think maybe we should eat more that there's more times that we should eat in Matthew um, 6 9-13 he gives us a model of prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm going to stop at this last with the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. He says, take, eat. And then he says, he's bread. How do we eat? How do we take in the daily bread? What is it that we do to eat? The Jews, when he first said this, they thought how gross how horrible I'm not talking about his disciples I'm talking about the Pharisees they didn't understand anything about what he was saying how could he be bread but how do we take and eat and eat daily we read the word we study the scriptures we apply it to our lives not only just reading it but applying it to our lives actually believing what it says it will give us strength it'll make us steadfast it'll give us hope it'll give us hope joy and peace during a journey our journey here on this earth is just temporary the Bible says a vapor just fleeting moment and it'll give us an expected end our expected end is to be with him to be in his presence forever he endured all that he endured for us to be there and for us to have life here more fully by eating what he gave us so take, eat, this is my body. Lord, we just come to you right now and we just ask that you bless each and every one of us. Lord, as we take and eat of you, that we understand that this is just a symbol that we hold in our hands, but spiritually we're taking you and all that you are into us and believing and hoping and having faith in you in Jesus name we pray amen
2: I got the same text too and I said well I'll do it prayer and the Holy Ghost is gonna be good so that's what I am planning on as I was pondering this and still kind of pondering it as I go I wanted to I kept thinking about peace how we know that christ's blood washed our bodies washed our sins clean that's what it did but we're still not walking around in peace in isaiah 9 6 it says for unto us a child is born for unto us a son is given, and the government, government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And as I've been pondering it just a while ago, God reminded me of a vision that Jeremiah had about the priest Joshua. And God came in, and he removed the dirty robe, and he put a clean one on him. And then Jeremiah said, but wait, also the turban. His turban, they wore turbans. His turban was dirty, too. And he says, but wait, you've got you to gotta do something with this dirty, this dirty thing up here. And so God removed it and put a clean one on top of his head. I know what the blood did. I know that the blood washed me clean. But for many years, I walked around not in peace. So that's what the blood also did, was it gives us peace. Uh, there's a song that says, it's peace that makes no sense. I can be in the middle of a struggle and that peace is there. And so that's what I look at this morning when I look at this cup. That not only is my sins washed clean, but I don't have to stress, I don't have to worry, I don't have to have condemnation, I don't have to reflect on the past anymore because it's gone. It's gone. He washed it clean and he remembers it no more. Even if I take it, and I take it to him and said, Father, but I did this. He said, what'd you do? I never saw that. And that is so amazing to me. So let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for this precious blood that not only washes our souls and our spirits clean, but it gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. It gives us peace that we can walk with joy and that you, Jesus, did that willingly. You did that. You took the punishment for my peace upon you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Can you say amen? So after they took it, the Bible says they sang a hymn. So let's sing a hymn this morning. Give me a. What can wash away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus And what can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh precious is that flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand this morning. God bless you. We'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock. So we'll see you then. Heavenly Father, rest their bodies, Lord God. Rest their mind, Father, bring us back tonight at the appointed hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a good afternoon.